Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Renson. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. I would argue that we're not quite in full off-season mode yet because we're still giving out awards from 2020. Rookie of the year? Well, I find <laughs> I actually don't find rookie of the year to be illustrative, so you can try and change my mind. Well, it wouldn't be. Uh, well, let's talk about this first. It wouldn't be except for one of my guys as, uh, as a rookie of the year, Devin Williams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. NL rookie of the year. All right, well, let's talk about... I was able to skip over your top line, um, your top line guys. But the MVP awards go to the same guy? <laughs> Jose Abreu and Freddie Freeman. Somehow they just they took the guy in the AL and made him... Just put him into the... It really is two sides of the same coin. Uh, like, huh. I, I... What I think is funny freddie freeman everybody is like talking about the braves like they're coming out of nowhere this new young nucleus all these guys and then you completely forget oh yeah freddie freeman is just there yeah right <laughs> he's just there and he's been putting up all-star seasons forever <laughs> like yeah so okay so the pertinent question does jose Abreu hit more than more than 100 rbis next year yes okay does Freddie Freeman hit more RBIs than Jose Abreu next year? Yes. I agree with that. I definitely agree with the the latter. Not convinced about the former. We'll see. Well, it's funny that you went straight to the RBIs because, um, ooh, in, wow. I mean, in 2019, these guys, 121 RBIs for Freddie Freeman, 123 for Jose Abreu. It's funny. I mean, because Abreu, this is why I think they're the same guy, but just, you know, in different leagues is that Abreu is on a fun up and coming team in which he is the like man on the roster. Yeah. He's yeah, exactly. Exactly. It. I take him head to head against. No way. I take really? Jose Abreu head to head against Freddie Freeman. In the five categories? Five categories. <laughs> we can't do stolen. Who base. gets the Ooh. one stolen base? All right. Propose a fifth category for me then. Yeah, I'll take, let's play. We'll take plate appearances as a All right. as a fifth category in place fun of one. basis. That's a fun one. I like this bet. It's a good one. All right, let's let's jump over here. Let's do it. The the real main line. All right. Uh yeah, I'm pumped about Shane Bieber, obviously. Yeah. He looks good. Just got a good career ahead of him. They're just what the heck is the Indians just keep on creating these guys. It's true. Uh I I think Bieber can do it again. Bauer not convinced. You know, I, yeah, I I agree with that. I think that if you were to ask, here's here's the way that I see it. I agree with that. I think that Bieber could somehow put together another year where he's a a Cy Young kid, um, in the running for Cy Young. I think Bauer is probably more likely to end up being 
a John Lester type where he's like around and we're talking about him in fantasy as like your number two, number three starter for a long time. (laughs) Well, congratulations to all those guys. Good job on, I don't know, putting it together for 60 games. (laughs) Just leave it at that. What else is there? (laughs) I mean... I'm not going to say, like, congrats on a well-played season. Like, we saw less than half of one. So, you know, yeah. good job on your on your excellent April and May. Okay. For the rest of the time today, I think we kicked this around. We should talk about four seamers. And there is, I shoehorned a suggestion from you mid-last week into this. Uh, so let's go for it. All right. You pointed this out last week, and... Uh, or suggested that we talk about four seamers and I thought about that a little bit more and yeah I mean it's it's safe to say that people are totally consumed with thinking about the four seamer I mean it it's the default sort everywhere you go <laughs> like it just it just is what comes up people think about four seamers before they think about any other pitch so do they have a pa- a fastball do they have a fastball so the idea of like so this idea about ooh two seamers versus sinkers like yeah that's fun but it also kind of obscures this like <laughs> this maybe more top line question that we should be using to to consider the pitch fingerprinting and validating models and blah 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 are you right are you, you already disagree with this what what's going on here no i absolutely agree with you and i was just trying to think about like a car analogy for that like it's like us talking about sinkers versus um sinkers versus two seamers is just like talking about the tires on like a sports car (laughs) right yeah yeah (laughs) yes and this talking about four seamers is like okay you want to talk specs about the engine now (laughs) so i picked three guys uh one of whom you prompted me and then i was like well who are two other guys that on the surface at least screen like this guy ideally one better one worse (laughs) so here we go (laughs) Somebody on you you said this to me and asked whether Corbin Burns should be considered a 2021 front runner for the Cy Young. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I should take a look at this. Um, and so if you sort on Statcast guys that threw a thousand pitches in 2020, and look, Corbin Burns comes up four seamer, average velocity 96.1 miles an hour. Great, right below him, you Darvish 95.9. Right below him, Herman Marquez 95.9. Great. That seems like the ideal three-person comparison for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Which it tells you. So I was. I think I sent you over the uh, tweet from Samada, who's who was really really into him. And I actually I sent that over to you because what is his most used pitch? Exactly, a sinker. Is a sinker. <laughs> so it's like I don't know about that um so all three of these guys throw sinkers (laughs) yeah so i i mean i actually think that like the more i sort of poked around these guys they all have like large pitch pitch arsenals i mean everything we learned last week is relevant for talking about these guys and it makes me think like okay last week was kind of the wrong question to ask (laughs) we should have started this way and looked looked at the that this class what i would argue like this class of pitchers like Mm -hmm. flirting with the top 15 guys yeah we do want to be talking about these kind of well yeah we want to talk about the top 15 20 players the ones that could be in the top five it might be yeah 
my argument for Way why we should talk about them is because these are the guys that in fantasy picking correctly here is a make or break move for your team. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you want to pick the right guy yeah. at this level. Like there's, well, I think, I mean, I think that's largely the introduction to this is just that like, here's three guys um, that, yeah, it's instructive. I learned a lot last week, but I'm realizing we should be sorting on four seamer guys and then looking at the rest of their arsenal after pro- after they have proven to us, no, no, I can throw a four-seamer that has value. <laughs> so why does Corbin Burns threw it 2.5% of the time last year? The year before, it was 52.5. Is he hurt? Is that just the change in pitch arsenal? It just seems odd. So I don't have a great answer to that. I mean, one of the things about Corbin Burns is that his four-seamer obviously serves a purpose, like it is his high pitch, it's his up in the zone pitch, mm-hmm. where he's trying where he's trying to get guys to chase. I don't I don't quite understand. I don't either. That's that's odd. He and he basically he took all of his he took all of his uh, he hadn't really thrown a cutter or a two seam fastball, and then this year those replaced the. I kind of wonder if he, if they reclassified his pitches <laughs> in some way, mm-hmm. like oh, like his four seamer and sinker distribution from 2019 to 2020 look not that different. Oh, I see what you're saying. So basically, they had a a four seamer and a slider, and they're like, "Well, that four seamer is really, but it's so fast." Which one? It didn't. His four seamer was ninety five point two, ninety five point two, and this year it's ninety six. Yeah, and you know what his? You know what the speed of his sinker is? <laughs> ninety six. I mean, all. There you go. Yeah. So okay. So they must have reclassified. So I think this Stackcast has made this job of pitch arsenals really complicated by obviously reclassifying things behind the scenes. <laughs> like, like, this is not helpful, guys. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> This makes this makes comparison very difficult between seasons. What makes you Darvish and Herman Marquez different? <laughs> like, uh-huh. why is you Darvish good and Herman Marquez is is not that good? Uh, what is Herman Marquez's? Well, you say that, but you Darvish has not been good the last couple of years, and he finally returned to being relevant again okay just considering 2020 what made you darvish good and herman marquez not that good i mean is it is it colorado very well could be need texas isn't exactly do we need to start a free herman marquez (laughs) like campaign was he back in chicago he's in chicago you darvish yeah um duh of course he's chicago i don't know wow Back to 20, 2016. Um, <clears throat> I didn't you Darvish get a little bit lucky, but yes, Herman Marquez should be in another well, ballpark. I I don't know. I don't know what what luck necessarily is. I mean, you Darvish has a much higher strikeout rate than Herman Marquez, and I mean Corbin Burns had an insane strikeout rate this year. <laughs> like we shouldn't yeah. shouldn't neglect that. But that also kind of I I don't know if that's sustainable. I guess, but. 
But at, at the surface, like their velocities between you Darvish and Herman Marquez look kind of the same. Similar. Their distribution clouds look kind of the same. I mean, I guess you Darvish has a you Darvish has a different. This is one of the things that eventually we'll have to delve into curves, right? Because the dispersion on a curve on like players' curves is ridiculously huge. Yeah, one I think is going to be one of the hardest ones for us to actually dive into. Well, yeah, sliders and curves are are going to be difficult for us to actually like analyze and understand. Yeah, I mean they are similar. I mean, I guess we'd I'd have to watch them to, to have to really watch them to be to to understand the differences. Yeah, and I mean if you just look at like just look at Herman Marquez's percentile rankings. <laughs> I mean, Corbin Burns, like, had a killer 2020. And I I am not, I'm not confident that he can duplicate that again. Corbin Burns? Corbin Burns. So if you were to, so you think of the three of these for next year, who would you, who would you take of the three of these? I would take, I would do you Darvish, Corbin Burns, Herman Marquez in that order. Say it again for posterity. You Darvish, Corbin Burns, Herman Marquez. I would probably, I would switch you Darvish and Corbin Burns. Look at Corbin Burns's 2019 MLB percentile rankings. Yeah, but. I think he's really bad in a lot of the contact, in a lot of the contact things. So like when people catch his pitches, he's in trouble. 2020, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm ready to be wrong. I think that, I mean, but mostly when I'm, what I'm doing that for is the like the distribution of outcomes that you have with you Darvish. Well, I mean, there's obviously the he doesn't pitch at all because he's injured outcome is like way higher right. for him <laughs> than it is for Corbin Burns, for instance. Yeah. Like I, I readily I, mean, I readily accept that argument. You know, it's like we're if you're if we're looking if picking you know, if ranking is just looking at these stats, looking at our pitch fingerprinting, you know, you make it, you make a gut call, but it's like, you then have to, that's your two dimensions. And you just like shift a little bit to look at that third dimension. And then you have the health perspective and age and all these different things. And you're like, Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we were talking about before. I'd rather have, I'll take Corbin, Corbin Burns over, you Darvish and that, but I mean, here's I don't I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't put anything on it. Here's the thing: Corbin Burns has never like 2020 is the most innings that he's ever pitched. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> I don't I don't so like that. Be his sophomore slump. Here is what you're saying. Unless unless this is like the perfect ramp up in the sense that he could have been <laughs> like. If he had pitched a whole season, it would have hurt him this year. But two hundred innings, yeah. yeah. If he had pitched two hundred innings this year, it would have been the usual kind of sophomore slump in the next year. Like you just dead arm showing yeah. up in, in spring training. But this year, yeah, with the only, I mean, how many innings did pitchers do? He pitched like, under sixty, <laughs> so he pitched a reliever's workload in twenty twenty, essentially. Yeah, he's. Maybe that was perfect ramp up for I don't know for these guys in their mid twenties. I don't know. Maybe I I don't want to be talking myself. I did not set this up so I would talk myself into Corbin Burns today. That was not the point. But you kind of like a little bit. It's kind of happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried. <laughs> yeah. I think. I mean, 
in part, I've learned about myself recently that I am a sucker for someone with a large pitch arsenal. And so you Darvish coming in here with, you know, one extra pitch and he's got a split finger fastball that, other, you know, most of the guys up here don't have. And you're like, ooh, this is uh, okay. Okay. I like it. <laughs> hey, come on over, buddy. Yeah. Bizarrely, he His... doesn't throw a changeup. <laughs> well, he's got, it says that he's, he's got, he has a changeup, but not, not seeing one in the actual arsenal. When was the last time he threw one? Did he throw one in 2019? Oh, he threw, he threw, yes, he did. He threw a handful in 2019. Yeah. Threw a couple of pitches. I'm telling you, you Darvish is the kind of guy that I want on my team forever. <laughs> you know? Someone who has pitched, he done an Ephus pitch. I put him, Zach Greinke together, we'd be in business. <laughs> this, okay. Pitchers who can pitch, who, who know how to pitch, and then are in, have blue on their fastball velocity. Yep. Yeah, I think I've I've learned something about myself. <laughs> I so I also do want to say that I've loved Herman Marquez's everything except for his whip and ERA basically every year. <laughs> yeah. It's it's true. You're yeah, like, man, I'm sorry. Please get out of Colorado, and I will happily roster you. But but Herman Marquez is somebody interesting because. You probably can pick him up during a season, but his raw talent is like suggests that he should not be waiver wire material. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you look at that hard hit percent, and then you're like, the hard hit percent is elevated because he is elevated when he's pitching. Yeah. So you have this like, there's no air against it, against balls coming off the bat, <laughs> give it an extra five miles per hour or something like that. Everything that's hit. I don't know. I stay away from Herman Marquez. Looking at looking at him in baseball savant makes me want to stay away from him as well. <laughs> These three guys do have very different, well, according to Statcast in twenty twenty, different arsenals. They have they throw a lot of different pitches, but they, they kind of approach it very differently. Like the his four seamer is all over the place. You Darvish has a little bit more of a distribution than Corbin Burns, apparently, allegedly. Only times four-seamers if it's up in the zone, belt high, trying to blow by a guy. So th- I think my question about, you know, coming back to these three guys is like, well, coming back to what motivated this whole thing is like, okay, I open up StatCast and it offers me everything sorted by fastball velocity, four-seam fastball velocity. Yep. And I look at these three guys, they're right next to each other in, in order. But fastball, velocity. yeah, and fastball yeah. velocity, but they're totally different pitchers. And I mean, you look above and below them, and it's it's kind of the same story. Like Brandon Woodruff versus Garrett Cole, and you're like, well, they're really close in four seamer velocity. They're really different pitchers. <laughs> and like, what do we? You know, I I'm still I'm still trying to figure out the like the what do we do with all of this arsenal information, like. I don't like the fact that PCA is is sort of a black box, and I just like throw things at it, and it comes out with these pitch fingerprints, and like okay, but I and also then you need... kind of look at you don't really look at the data points, yeah, yeah, nearly as much as as you probably want to, but it's not. I don't think that it really is velocity because we don't talk about Joe Kelly as like one of the best pitchers in baseball because he can throw over 100 miles per hour. Sure. That's that's not what makes a good four seam fastball. But yes, I I think that with what we're getting back getting back to this, I think that velocity is is not the key mover and shaker here. 
I think that's what, what we're seeing. That really shows us it is a valuable piece of this, but perhaps not the biggest piece. And that's what we're, we're trying to kind of discover. So maybe the thing, I mean, maybe the product that we, like the zero authority product that we want to offer is like, here's when you go to StatCast, here's what you should sort on. Like, here's what your default sort should be <laughs> in StatCast. Because the default right now is like, you go to it and it's like, here's the four seam velocity. And you're like, hmm, okay. Yeah, you're overwhelmed by... Here you are overwhelmed by information and here, yeah, zero with order, as you like to say, um, assumption might not be the best one. All right. We'll get to the bottom of that. Good, good statement of problem. I feel better now. I think that about brings us to the review session. Roberto Asuna. Why did I think Roberto Asuna was like a couple years older than this? Because he was relevant a couple of years ago. It's amazing that he was like, is he really 25? <laughs> I apparently, I mean, how was he? Yeah. How was he? He was relevant in 2015. <laughs> like, that's insane. Do you want to do the caveats or do I want to do the caveats? The caveats of we're talking about his baseball stats, not, not who he is as a person. I think we have to just implicitly understand that. <laughs> We will acknowledge the fact that there is a reason that he only faced 16 batters this year. Uh, yeah, it is amazing. He, I mean, he was relevant in 2016. He had 20, he had 20 saves in 2015. I would argue he was relevant in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, he's, I guess he was, he was relevant in 2015 as well. That is young. Yeah. I know. That's why, like, in my head, did not. This is somebody we're going to be talking about for ten more years. This is insane. Yeah. Like twenty thirty. He's going to have it. We're going to be talking about Roberto Asuna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already had the, uh, and we've already had the second chapter in his career, the Houston chapter, yes. which. <laughs> I know. We're gonna. We're gonna have the, um, the editorial column, and and at some point in in his career, there's going to be the like article about how he's changed his person and how he's that's related to how now he's on the field, he's doing better, blah, blah, blah. I mean, how I, yeah, I, these numbers are really good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like he's a, his numbers are amazing. Yeah. He's a really good pitcher. He's the, the issue is that the off the field stuff ends up distracting from, from who he's a pitcher. And when the app, yeah. when the off the field stuff ends up taking away games and having a direct impact on the number of games that he's going to be able to play, and then thinking about like, you know, if he's in a courtroom and then on the mound, that's a hard transition. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, even now, right? We're like, we're not. We're, we're struggling to discuss his baseball stuff because it's like, well, we got this other thing that we have to talk about. Yeah. Um, Even though his numbers, I mean, look at, look at this 2019 line. 38 saves and a .88 whip. And it's like, <laughs> like what, what else do you want from your closer? That's exactly what you want, yeah. Yeah. 65 innings, 73, ERA. 73 strikeouts. Like, this is great. <laughs> exactly what I wanted. Yeah, so let's, I mean, I think that the conversation is he is, and and he has the kind of stuff 
that you would want a closer to have. He's got a good four-seam fastball. He's got some junk pitches to throw in there, slider, changeup, curve, all at about the 20%. So a sinker that he doesn't really throw that often um, to, you know, but he's doing forcing fat, forcing fastball. And then he's got a little bit of junk to throw forcing fastball, a little bit of junk, depending on the pitcher. I mean, hitter. Yeah. I think that he's a, he is a good closer. The question is what team is he going to be on when he was on the Astros and they're doing well, that's great. That's exactly the kind of team that you want him to be on, where he has a whole lot of opportunities. 2019 was the ceiling. I'm not sure that... 2020 is the floor. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure that the team that he's on matters that much, honestly. I think that, you know, his... I think that he drives his own value, and the team is going to be a small change. Well, I mean, I dis- I disagree with that, because the ceiling gets higher when he's on a good team, because the number of saves that he has is going to increase and we I mean he had 39 saves on the 2017 Blue Jays like mm-hmm. they're not that was not that good of a team <laughs> 36 saves on the 2016 Toronto Blue Jays okay fair enough I mean there are going to be opportunities even in there's light even in the darkness I think I mean I know I just I agree with you that the team matters I don't think it's quite as simple as like good team bad team binary yeah I, I still think that well, he, he needs to have that I still think it matters more that he has the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess if if he goes to the Rays, it's bad. <laughs> like, I mean... The 2016 see. Toronto team was pretty good, though. He's he's 6'2". The Rays could pick him up. They might allow. 2016 Toronto team. Don't... Yeah, don't sleep on the... On those Joey Bat seasons. I'm not... I'm not saying that they're bad. I mean... But, like... The, how many saves would he get on, like, a Twins team? Versus, like, how many saves would he get on the the Dodgers in some world where they part with Kenley Jansen? I don't think it's that different. Okay, well, the, okay. that I mean, I was saying that versus him ending up on... Red Sox. The, <laughs> the uh, Pirates. Okay, but the Pirates are singularly bad. Like, don't put somebody on the Pirates or the Orioles. <laughs> like... Well, the Marlins... What do you think he's get? What what would he do on the Marlins? I don't know what he would do on the Marlins. That's a great question. So this one, I'm, I was saying, like, if he ends up on the Mets, the Phillies, the Giants, um, the Pirates, if that were the case, those are NL teams. I would hope that our league is kicking him out. Um, but Angels, I would be concerned about the number of saves that he was going to get, and then and then. His, his value but geez yeah i mean he is a he's a good pitcher you watch him you see someone that you know i trust that um i trust that delivery trust that delivery is going against him in a playoff playoff games he it's deadly yeah i mean he's such a good pitcher <laughs> will he will he pitch will he consistently pitch um you know Raldis chapman is pitching so, <laughs> I mean, Moraldo Stadman is pitching and changing people's luck in fantasy, so. True. I don't know. I mean, it it's hard, right? Because he's the guy that you would draft as, like, top four closer if you knew that he was going to pitch all the time. 
he's good. Yeah, a top. Yeah, I was gonna say top five, but you're right. So I mean, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see where he goes. We can. I mean, we can keep punting. We can keep kicking the can down the road. But like, <laughs> I feel feel like fundamentally, it either comes down to like you're gonna draft Asuna because you think he'll stay on the field and you're willing to overlook everything else, or you're not gonna draft Asuna because either you you feel strongly about it or you think that he won't you just think that he won't stay on the field do you think he'll be yeah so here you go what's what's it what's the number at if i said he's gonna be a top eight closer he's gonna be a top eight closer for sure not for sure where do you give pause if i say top six um let's see would i draft him six i don't i don't think so but i'm not sure how much of that is just my philosophy on like where to draft closers well, this, I mean, within the closer system, I'm not saying is he going to be, like, drafted top 100. No, 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 I, I, I hear what you're saying, but, like, within the, if we're just, we're having a draft where we're only allowed to pick closers, I think that I, um, I, I don't know, I'm not sure where I put my, where I put my closer value on him. I do personally feel reservations about drafting him. <laughs> I do, I, I do as well, yeah. But like somebody with somebody with no scruples is going to get him, and he's going to have an amazing season. Very well, could yeah, he gets signed by the Dodgers, and then ends up being the guy or the I don't know Braves Twins. Yeah, <laughs> Braves. Oh yeah, that would be the team, wouldn't it? Who are we doing this next week? Uh, I would like to talk about Daniel Hudson. Good. That is, I he was the one that I was thinking of last week, and and you skipped over him to Osuna. Good. All right. <sighs> Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!